Hello, mi gente. I'm content creator Kies Guillon, and this is All the Juice, the podcast where I interview content creators and influencers to learn their lives, their challenges, and their juicy secrets. Today at All the Juice, we have a table tennis player and content creator. He is two times winner of Finnish championships in doubles and silver medal in singles. He has participated in five European and two world championships, and he's one of the founders of Pomfinity, a table tennis channel that gathers over 7 million followers across platforms. He is Mick O'Connor and He's also my partner in crime and in life. Mm. So thank you for being here today. I'm very happy to have you. And just letting everyone know more about your life, your career, and some of your juicy stuff, even though I know it, but... You probably know everything. The, the viewers so. don't know, yes. so <laughs> let's try to make it. So what are you drinking today? I'm drinking uh, coffee. Okay. I, How is that a juice? It's, it's technically a juice because it's squeezed from beans. Mm-hmm. And if okay. something squeezed from something, it's bean juice. Okay, yeah. so, well, cheers. Cheers. Coffee and, th- and thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's, it's my first ever podcast. Mm. I've never been on a podcast before. Are you for real? Yeah, no, never. I thought you... No, you were in ra- radio. Yeah, I've like been on radio reason. and uh, TV, but okay. never podcast. Okay. As I said, you're a table tennis player, but like, how? Well, yeah, it's not the, it's not the most common sport, especially in Finland. Yeah. Like, there's... There's seriously not many players in Finland, so it it's not the most obvious choice of starting starting a new sport. But um, when I was a kid, I lived quite close to the table tennis hall, okay. and my dad had played younger, so ah. he had some you know experience with table tennis. So he took me and my brother to the hall, like every Sunday or something. It started like that, and then. We just got more and more excited and then, well, well, my brother doesn't play anymore. He only played for a short while, but yeah, then I got excited and I got quite good and then I continued. That's very nice to hear. Is your dad still playing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, um, he plays like the f- uh, third division in Finland Okay. with, with a bunch of old guys. But so for just so we are people who don't understand anything about table tennis, what is third league like? Uh, what is the level? Yeah, it's just like a, it's a low low division, and yeah, they just play for fun. It's okay. But yeah, he still plays, and he does coach. He coaches juniors and. Ah, does he? Yeah, he I co- didn't know that. No. No. And he he actually coaches juniors in the same club that I grew up in. That's super nice. So when is the moment that you realize you are getting good at it? Maybe when I won my first tournament. Okay. Like, I, th- I still have the trophy at, at my parents' place. How old were you? I was, I think I was six or seven. But like, Wow, that's quite young. Yeah, and, and the trophy, it says, like, first place of seven-year-olds class. And I was, I was like, because uh, I was trying, trying to figure out when I started playing. And I looked through the trophies, it was like uh, 2002 or something, or wow. 2003. And it's like boys, seven-year-olds, and then like first place. And it, I, th- I think it's my coolest trophy so far. Like it's the, it's the most uh, meaningful. I yeah, think. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's the first one. Yeah. So you started before you were six years old. Probably when I was six years See, old. Yeah. Okay. And Around I'm 26 then. now, so 20 years. I've oh my to. god, 20 years doing the same. Yeah. Haven't you get bored at all? No, not at all. Like it's, mm, well, 
it might seem like it's the same, but because the sport is so complex and there's so many details and like tactics and it's just so technical that you keep learning things All the time. even though, yeah even though you're played at a high level for several years you just keep developing and you keep coming up with new ideas and mm -hmm. it's that, that's why i find it really interesting so because it doesn't have a limit to yeah. how far you can improve really i find it so impressive because when i was a kid i couldn't commit to any sport like yeah. i've tried so many things i did like swimming at the beginning and then I changed to badminton for a while and I did gymnastics I did basketball basketball is the one that I committed the most I think I was like five or six years doing basketball yeah. and then pff, I tried so many things <laughs> and tennis for a while also like less than a you year tennis I, but like less than a year okay so I don't yeah. even remember anything I was very young mm. and then I think basketball is the one that I played the most also because my brother is very tall and yeah. since he was very young he was super tall so he joined this basketball team and then I went to watch him sometimes and the manager once came to me and he told me like because I am 161 <laughs> like I'm 161 centimeters yeah, basketball so like, is not like something you would kick <laughs> listen listen but like it has it has a <laughs> sense okay when I was a kid like when I was in elementary school, I joined the basketball team maybe when I was eight or nine. I was already 155, 160, which is a lot. Yeah. Like, it's super tall for a kid. So I was supposed to be tall, you know? Like, and, and then gradually just, everybody started growing. Yeah. <laughs> you just stayed there. And I, okay. So that's why the manager, when he saw me and knowing that my brother was also very tall, he told oh, me right, like, yeah. oh yeah, why don't you join? Like we have this girls team. Would you like to join? And I was like, eh, actually, why not? <laughs> so I did um, like a test. Yeah. And then I joined the team and I started as a pivot. The, the tallest one yeah and then during those five six years i went from pivot to base you went further and further <laughs> away from the actual basket i also did like at least over five different okay. sports i did you but when you, you probably don't even know what what sports i did as like a five six seven year old no no I've, I've i done, was just gonna ask yeah like okay you try and guess what sports i've done football Football, yes. I did football for quite a long time. I remember that one. Yeah. You mentioned once. And I played for years and like it was, it came to a point where... But I, how do you play for years if you join the table tennis when you are six? Like there's, there's no range of time. I know, but like um, <laughs> I, I did, I did both. Like I went to table tennis practice and after table tennis practice, I went to football practice and like... No. Yeah, I was, oh doing, I was doing it all. And I, th I think doing a lot of sports as a kid really benefited me later on i was fast i was like i had good coordination good balance but that was because i had done so many other sports yeah. as well so so Makes i didn't sense. have to learn everything and it was also like it made table tennis more interesting because it wasn't only the same all the time i could do like other stuff and like so yeah i think it's 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 very good to do several sports as a kid mm -hmm. and then you can also see like which one you like the most and yeah. then actually continue with that one Okay, well, you will never guess what the other ones are. So football, table tennis, yeah. we're missing three. Well, I never really did track and field, but my... Track and field? Yeah, no, but like, I, I never like actually okay. did track and field. But like my dad, he also took me and my brother to this like mm, outdoor running field. They had yeah. long jump, they had like uh, running around. So he just, you know, we cycled there and just did that together and we were doing laps and like that was that was something we did every now and then so i guess you could call that 
being one of my hobbies too. Okay, yes. Even yes. though it wasn't like I never belonged to a club or yeah. anything, I didn't have mm-hmm. gear or anything, but like, yeah. But it counts definitely. Yeah, and I think that was also something that really helped me out in the future because I had done a lot of running, a lot of jumping and like so active as a kid. Yeah, it's true. Like this this guy, he jumps like a monkey. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I swear, I've never seen anyone jumping <laughs> that high. When have you seen me jump? When, when you are like practicing before like playing a match, Mm, you always yeah, do, I do those like, jumps because yeah. I want to feel explosive then I yeah. do like the yeah and the first time I was just like I'm dating a monkey <laughs> yeah you are yeah <laughs> but yeah so what what, are you, what are the other two or um, one uh, well one is dancing and it makes sense because you dance quite good and you Thank actually you. like it yeah I like dancing but literally if you start dancing as a five year old you're just playing games there you know yeah. it's, it's okay I don't remember much from the dancing classes, but I remember there was like an obstacle course and like you did like X jumps and you crawled over these things okay. and you were going through these crawling through the tubes and like... It sounds more like acrobatics. It that. was just like place to play around and like yeah. do coordination stuff and a bit of exercise. I, don't, we, I can't even remember, did we ever get to the actual... Dancing. Yeah, dancing. And the last one is quite funny actually. I did karate. Can you imagine? No, you. I literally did. I had the I had the white gown and everything. I and didn't know that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm trained self-defense martial arts expert. Yeah, sure. Yeah. As a five-year-old kid. So if you ever get into trouble, I'm I'm here to protect you with my oh yeah mm-hmm. karate experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when did you start to actually play full time? Well, it's, it's difficult to say when you start full-time because as a kid and as a junior, well, you practice like seven times a week, but you're also doing school and everything. Mm-hmm. When I finished Lukio, which is like high school, when after like 17, 18, mm-hmm. then I moved to Sweden and for two years I did it for as like a professional. semi-professional and full-time practicing, only focusing on the sport. So that's, that's the only time I've like played table tennis full-time and played the league in Sweden. But besides that, I've either worked or studied at the same time, so. Mm-hmm. You've been in five European championships and two world championships. When does that happen? Which one is the first one that you go, I guess, an European championship? I actually, the, the first one I do remember because I actually stumbled upon a video from that tournament and it had like, it, it was titled European Championships 2013. So that was my first like time representing the senior national team. Mm-hmm. And before that, I had played like the Junior European Championships since I was like 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay. But like that was the first time I was playing in like senior level. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I did did quite well. I, I won, won several matches there. So That's it was a nice. good start. Yeah. And so you've been in two World Championships. How do you get to a World Championship? What does that mean for your career? Like, because as I told you, I've never done any big sports. So I, yeah. it sounds so big to be in a world championship. It's like, what? Yeah. It's also one of the benefits of being good in a sport in a country that's, that the sport isn't big in. Because okay. you don't have to be top 200 in the world to get to represent your country. Okay. Because then we only had one player in the top 100. So, and, and the rest of us, we were just maybe around 400 in the world at the time in ranking. Mm-hmm. The, for, me, for me, it didn't feel like I had achieved something like massive, okay. just getting to the world championships. Because I, kn- I knew that 
even though I've, I'm in the Finnish national team, even though I made it to the world championships, I'd still have to like be a lot better to actually achieve something in like a world championship level scale. Mm-hmm. And like I knew my level wasn't there yet. So I was just like, I was the best to represent the team, but yeah. that didn't mean I would be able to like actually win any medals or like get close to that even so. Yeah. Where was the first world championship that you've been? I've been to one in Malaysia and one in China. Oh. And the one in China was my first one. And it was it was also the first time uh, realizing how massive table tennis is as a sport. Because it's the national sport in China. Mm-hmm. And literally the, the whole stadium was full of people. And like there was, I've, I was just overwhelmed like how... <laughs> All You've these people to like <laughs> come in to watch table tennis. Like in Finland, you have maybe maximum fifty people in the audience. No. Like if if it's like a big event, like Finnish championships. The first shock was when the when the bus took us to the hall. They literally closed a whole road for you. Yeah, <gasps> they they had like we had a police escort in front and the back of the bus, and it was you know like it was in Shanghai, so like there was probably like 10 lanes of road and they literally shut down the whole thing just for our little bus to go through and there was just like and people were stopping by the edge of the road and like they're going there and i was i just think i'm just i'm just like a table tennis player from finland did you actually enjoy the whole experience yeah it was like i think best tournament of my life like and and i played mm, i played doubles with uh, Benti, okay. the, the number one player in Finland. Uh, and we beat two very good Hungarian players and we made it to the main draw. And that wow. was just like in front of the big audience. And like it was, we were losing 2-0 in sets and then we came back to win it 3-2 and it was like down to two point difference. And then it was just like, I think one of the most memorable matches I played because it was like my, my first world championship. Did you find any challenges as a kid to find a balance between your professional table tennis life and your personal life. Yeah, I think I think everyone, every kid who has uh, played a sport at a high level can relate to not being able to see your friends and like having to um, spend most of the weekends like at tournaments or training camps and like being a lot of time away from home. So I don't regret anything because I'm really happy that I've put in all those hours and I've managed to become as good of a player as I am now but obviously it was it was tough at some point you know when you saw your friends going to starting to go to parties and like especially as a teenager you always have this like you the FOMO is much bigger than what it is as a young adult so like I was always just trying to make time and like sometimes I would uh, go to a friend's party just for an hour or something just so I could like at least experience it a bit and then you know go to like training after that then I was also I, I had so much energy as a kid so I I used to do like I went to school then I went to practice practice for like three hours I was at the hall and then after coming back home around seven or eight I went out to see my friends go skateboard and stuff like that and then come back, come home around nine or ten and then you know do the same thing over the next day so I just packed everything into my like daily schedule so I could you know socialize and 
practice and mm-hmm. so you've had like pug days since you were a kid yeah i'm i'm very used to having like a schedule packed from 8am to mm-hmm. 10pm and how do you cope on the days that you don't have anything to do i usually don't <laughs> i usually don't have days where i don't have anything like mm-hmm. now i have a free weekend but still i have like 10 things on my schedule mm. so but how do you find time for yourself then because you do so many things all the time mm. that it's difficult to find time for yourself and focus on you and just look inside you to know how you're feeling and mm. what you're going through and what would you like to improve and you yeah know. and and yeah that's something that mm, I didn't do as a kid at all like because I, I had this mentality that if I'm not you know at a tournament at a training camp if I'm finally have a chance to you know have some free time then I'll you know make the most of that time to like make up for the parties I never made yeah. and like uh, make up for the time I didn't get to do stuff with my friends or family so mm-hmm. so I sort of you know always had to have something because I felt like I had missed out so much then I just like packed everything mm-hmm. I never learned to you know just have a weekend off and just like spend time on my own but I think recently I've I've learned how to, you know, also have some time for myself. Like still, I have a lot of work to do, but mm-hmm. but at least I'm aware of that, that I don't have to all the time being to be doing something. Mm-hmm. I fully, fully agree. I had the same because I was not doing professional sports or anything, but I was doing professional music. Mm. I played, well, as you know, I played the piano for 14, 15 years. I was yeah. going to the professional music school in the evenings as after school normal school and that's like something you can put loads of hours in like and you have to put so many hours because it's the time that you are in classes and the time you are practicing at home the piano Mm. that was playing the piano and then when you are in high school and you have all of that plus you are getting the driving license and you have to study for the university entry exams and on top of that i used to live in the like in in a small town in the mountains that was like 15 kilometers from the main city. Yeah. So I was always so busy with all the school, all the music, the, mm. especially as a teenager when my friends were, as you said, going out, going to parties. And then I had either, like I was living so far from the actual things, action happening yeah. that I had either to get a bus, the latest one was at 9 p.m. Or then sleep at a friend's house and I couldn't sleep every weekend on a friend's house. Yeah. So I was missing out so much and I felt like it, it was stressing mm. in some point. That's why I was just wondering like how was it for you? Because yeah. I haven't learned to be by myself until I moved to Finland. Yeah. Like before that I had literally like loneliness and shyety, you know, like <laughs> that's what Finland <laughs> Finland does to you. It teaches you how to be how to be alone. <laughs> yeah, no, but for real, I never, because as, as you did, I filled every single day, free day that I had to yeah. meet my friends, spend time with my family. And then when I had the opportunity to be alone, especially I started to have more time for myself in uni because I, I was already, I quit music professionally. Yeah. Um, when I had time, I was living with roommates and the weekend that my roommates were not there, and I didn't have, I usually didn't have plans on Sunday, but I used, I used to spend it with the roommates. 
the weekend that they were not there and I was alone on Sundays, I was so sad. Yeah. I was just like feeling like the house was just like eating me alive, yeah. you know? Because you're not used to it and then... No. Then you just have to have something and like... Yes. So it was so stressing. And then I came here and I moved alone to a studio. So I actually gradually learned how to be by myself Mm. and enjoy my free time, you know, and do plans by myself. So I found it so hard that I can't imagine how hard it is Mm. for you to... I'm still working on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're you're over that but like i'm i'm still working on being able to spend time with myself and like not having to pack my schedule full of activities yeah i kind of feel like it also makes a difference when you are living alone because then you get to spend more time by yourself like now we are live together so it's kind of difficult for for you to have time for yourself at home or do things for your like for you yeah but if, when you experience the fact of like living alone and doing all the stuff by yourself, then it gets easier. And also when you move to a new country, you have not that many friends. Exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah so yeah. you get more opportunities to mm. learn that even though at the beginning it's hard. Yeah. Like you, you, even though you wouldn't want to, you know, you have to have a weekend on your own, then, you know, you might end yeah. up having one. Yeah. But I'm glad that you're working on that. I think it's very important. Mm, and yeah. I hope I help you as much as possible. You do. You Sometimes do. I just, you know, guys, I just go for a walk one hour or <laughs> an hour and a half so he can be at home. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I'm going to go for a walk. And I'm like, okay, would you want, can, I, can I come with you? No, you, you have some time for yourself. Yeah, because... Like, okay, yeah, well, that makes sense. Because, you know, if I'm all day at work and, you know, I come back here and you're... You I'm know, here, yeah. yeah. And again, as you say, like you barely have time for yourself. I, yeah. Sometimes I just think like, okay, he hasn't had any free time in a month. Yeah. So I'm just like, wow, I will be so anxious. And still, you are so positive all the time. How do you manage to be so positive and know. so happy all the time? Because I really enjoy what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm, I'm, my days are packed, but they're packed full of stuff I really enjoy doing. So it doesn't even feel like I'm that busy, even though I'm like on paper, I'm extremely busy. Mm-hmm. So like if I would be doing only stuff I don't like, then I'd be pretty miserable. Yeah. And and yeah, it's just like the time, like resting and time for myself is just something I need to fit and have, have make time for that. Yeah. But I, I also think like, cause I, I play league matches in Germany mm. and it's a lot of travel and a lot of people hate traveling, but I actually quite enjoy the time like I'm going, mm, time at the airport in the flight and like going to the uh, town where the matches are like there's that's all time for myself yeah that's true so i can you know read a book i can watch something i can listen to music or a podcast or anything and, and just like have that time because i can't really do anything else i'm just traveling yeah so it's like those are the times i'm really forced to you know just spend time with myself so i also i, I try and try and value those two like yeah. it's not just like oh i've got to travel for four hours like what a drag uh, i sort of try and think that yeah that's four hours i can you know just calm down focus and, on you yeah do whatever i want so when do you start Pongfinity? how does it happen me emil and otto we've all like been in the junior national team me and otto both both represented the senior national team too and yeah me and emil we we played in the same club 
and the first video we actually just did after a training session so we went went to practice and we thought uh let's after practice let's film some trick shots and then then we stayed after practice filmed one video and just trying out different and i think we had we had like just seen uh a show where like two very good players have had been doing like tricks and everything and then we were like Mm. Yeah, we were like, oh, let's try that one. And then we were coming up with new stuff as well. And and then Emil, he wanted to try like editing video. Yeah. So like that was also, he could he could fulfill that interest too. And then we were just... <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. The first video is terrible. It's, it's quite quite hilarious. Like <laughs> we, had, we had all the explosions, like doing a shot and suddenly it starts raining and like everything <laughs> I could, you can imagine. With come very far from the first one or two videos definitely yeah. we it wasn't supposed to become anything mm -hmm. it was just like trying stuff out and then then we were just like surprised by the popularity and like people uh who we didn't know actually also watching the video and that was big for us and then we thought okay well that was quite fun to do and surprisingly many people liked it like mm -hmm. and then then we made another one and Otto was already in the second second video and we were doing it together and yeah that's that's how it just started and it was very gradual like we didn't didn't you know blow up all of a sudden like that was our, we posted our first video 10 years ago okay so it's 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 been a long process to where we are now mm -hmm. was that before you moved to Sweden because you said that you were like pursuing the professional life in Sweden. Yeah. So that happened before or after you came back from Sweden? Mm, this was before I moved to Sweden. Mm -hmm. So we had already been doing some videos, but it wasn't, as I said, it wasn't that serious in the beginning and we were just sort of trying it out. Once I moved back, we just got together and thought, okay, shall we shall we try this? Like we, we had at that point, maybe around under under 100,000 followers on YouTube, but like mm -hmm. still quite, Quite a lot. Quite a lot. But we thought maybe if we put all our focus on this, maybe we can make it make it grow even bigger. In one year, we made it from 100,000 to a million. And then... That's impressive. Yeah. And, and then... Massive growth. Very fast at that point. And then we just realized, okay, there there is a lot of potential in this. And we all enjoy doing this. So let's try and make it into something big. And now here we are. With 3.5 million followers yeah. on YouTube. So what are your plans? Or short future, short term future. Short future. Yeah. Um, well, I think the next like milestone is five million followers. Mm -hmm. And well, basically, after we reach one million followers, we haven't that much uh, paid attention to you know the amount of followers. We're just you know we're more focused on having the goal to like make as good videos as possible and like really making the next video better than the previous. So that's like the focus has been more there instead of like, okay, let's get to the next, you know, let's get to two million, three million, four million. Yeah. And so we've more, more been focusing on, you know, improving our content and just making it new ideas all the time. And I think that's, that's our main goal, just to keep doing that. And like, mm -hmm. if we can keep doing that, then yeah, I think we've achieved, achieved our goal. And that's something that doesn't really have a clear ending. Like we will keep doing videos as long as we can come up with interesting stuff, new stuff, exciting things. And like, as long as it's also fun for us. Well, obviously we hope that we reach as many people as possible, but the main thing is to just like do good content, Yeah, I guess. 
And I think that's very important as like a content creator that you provide value to people, especially mm. because your audience is very young. Yeah. And like, um, I love when you are recognized on the street or like matches and it's just those little kids who yeah. started t playing table tennis because they have seen you, Otto and Emil doing the videos. Yeah. I find it so inspiring because you are promoting a sport that is really good yeah. for, for kids and for learning a lot of things. And on top of that, I don't know, you are taking them from consuming content that maybe is not that good for them, mm. you know? I don't know, I find it lovely. Yeah, and it's like the best messages and the best comments you get is like kids and players who have like, say that, yeah, I started playing because of you. And like, sometimes we bump into uh, players at the local club and they said like, yeah, well, I started playing because of you. And then sometimes you meet like actually high level players saying that like they, for the same yeah, reason. Yeah, they saw yeah. a video and they went to practice and now they're like top juniors in Finland and it's so cool to, you know, actually see that because it's a sport that all three of us love. And Yeah. If you could give an advice to your followers or to someone who's starting in table tennis, what would it be? If you're, if you're practicing to become a good table tennis player, and I think this applies in many other things, uh, like... Obviously, you need need coaching, you need advice, but like, it's also important to like, come up with new ideas yourself. Like, if it's if the example is table tennis, if you invent a known serve or something, do something a bit differently. Like, someone might think, okay, that's that's a weird serve. Nobody does that serve. You can you can still try it. Like, test out ideas that might necessarily they might not be good, but like at least you've tried them, mm -hmm. and like you might learn something unexpected from trying something that doesn't work. If you have an idea that... Partially. Yeah, just, just try it. it. You will lose, lose nothing. And yeah. Applicable for anything. Yeah. If you want to start a like, TikTok channel or YouTube, if you want to learn how to paint or if you want to start a new sport, just do it. Yeah. And li literally, it's the mistakes that you learn the most out of. Yes, absolutely. So it's like trying something new and bold is like it will most likely result into mistakes but those mistakes will teach you so many things that yeah. you can apply so just try as many things out as possible yeah so as you know you have asked some questions to your followers and yeah. i would like to check some of them so we can answer uh what they would like to know about you ask me anything hmm. so someone is asking what is your favorite tv show currently it's House of Dragons. Mm, it's really good. Yeah. But all time favorite TV series, I think, is Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's like kind of mystery and drama, and you should watch it. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it. Yeah. Definitely. So, someone is asking, How are you? How am I? And I think it's a really good question. How I'm, are you? I, I am quite fine. I'm, I'm very good, actually. You're doing fine? Yeah. You're feeling happy? I'm feeling very happy. Okay, well, that's very nice to hear. Yeah. Those fans, they don't deep die in anything, huh? How you are you? push them. I'm fine. Been better. You've been better, yeah. Yeah, but doing well. Okay. Just very excited with the podcast, getting to interview a lot of interesting content creators, mm -hmm. which makes me really happy. And finally doing it, because I've been postponing it for so long. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. And it's it started off very well, and I yeah, thank think you. it's going to be a good one. Thank you.
Let's see. At least I'm having fun. I'm just doing it because I really want to do it and yeah. I want to have fun. And that's how it should be. Like yeah. whatever you whatever you do, like it has to be fun. Someone is asking, how many hours do you train a week? At the moment, this season, I do three or four sessions mm-hmm. of table tennis. And then I do gym too. Yes. So. Two times a week. Yeah. I push him to yeah. go to the gym. You're my gym buddy. Yes. Okay, if you are a kid and you're listening to this, please stop listening to this at the moment because it's a sensitive topic. Oh my god, what are you so going to ask you, me? You cannot listen to it. Just like move forward a couple of minutes on the podcast. I'm terrified. What are you going to ask me? So how did you find out that Santa wasn't real? Wow, that is a sensitive topic. It is a sensitive topic. Good, I said good it. Job, good job. Not, not all the kids left... Well, and they're not here hearing this part. I'm just saying, I, I, I gave a warning. <laughs> so it's on that note. You did. I did. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, my, my parents, they didn't put that much effort into convincing there was this mysterious Santa Claus okay. dropping all the presents through the chimney. We didn't even have a chimney. I don't know. The, it was, there was many gaps in the story. So okay. like, I wasn't very convinced. And... Uh, one time uh, we were walking down the street. I literally saw like four Santa Clauses. It was like Christmas Day or something, and <laughs> they were just you know probably probably going to the next house like yeah. to pretend that they're the real Santa Claus. Yeah. And I was just walking, um, seeing all these Santa Claus. I asked asked my dad like why why is why is there so many Santa Clauses? And I I, I it was it was obvious at that point that they're not it's not real. How old were you then? I think about. Four or five, I don't know. So young! Yeah, and like every every Christmas Eve, me and my brother, uh, you know, our parents were like, yeah, go to bed now. And then, you know, me and my brother there, uh, we're in, in, in our room and then we're, we're listening to them pack the presents. Like it was so obvious that <laughs> it's them doing it <laughs> in the next room. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, they, they, they tried to keep, uh, keep up the like mystery about it, but... No, it wasn't really a big thing. Well, that's so good for you. But honestly. I still loved like I loved Christmas so much. But and it wasn't about Santa Claus. Yeah. Like it was never about Santa Claus for me. So that's good because for me it was traumatizing yeah. when I learned. I was well, I cry for everything. We all know that already. Yeah. But I was crying so much because like I was like eight, nine years old, yeah. and then someone in school told me that it didn't exist, and I just went home like so this kid told me this i but i cannot no that's not true you know because of course it exists and then my mom was sit down we're gonna speak and i was like what and then she told me that santa claus didn't exist that the three magic kings or whatever whatever is the name because we celebrate that in spain she just decided to drop all the bombs at the same time that the because we have like the mouse that gets the tooth like a fairy tooth, tooth it's fairy. a mouse okay a mouse in tooth spain mouse. okay so that didn't exist either she drops everything and i'm just like <laughs> what I bet, whole... I bet she was like okay let's just get this over and done yeah. with <laughs> my whole childhood was alive <laughs> So how long does it take to film a video for you guys? If we're doing a challenge episode, which is like probably the most common concept on our channel, where we just do different challenges. And so somebody says like, okay, uh, I want want you guys to play a match with coffee cups. And then we play with the coffee cups and just try out different things. And 
usually we have about seven or eight challenges and mm -hmm. maybe one or two filming sessions and like one filming session is around five six hours or something so it can be one or two days yeah and then like if we do a public challenge somewhere usually that will be just one day of filming but yeah. the most of the time goes into the editing because we we usually shoot the whole thing so we have like six hours of material for one filming day and then we've got all that material to work with and gotta make it fit into like an eight nine ten minute video so how long it can take um, editing a video it can easily take around 60 70 hours even so just more, more than one. a week yeah 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 it's it's crazy yeah and because it's it's a lot of re-editing we've changed the order and like we've got so much footage to work to yeah. work with and on youtube it's very important to you know have a video that doesn't have anything extra and anything boring so so it's that that's also very time consuming to like yeah try and figure out okay is this part interesting and like how long can we show this part so it's Mm -hmm. Yeah, editing takes a long time. So there's people asking, I guess because you are always next to Otto and Emil and they are very tall. Yeah. So they are, there's a lot of people asking, how tall are you? I am 173. They're, they're both just under two meters. So Yeah, they are, they they, are huge. They, they are huge. They and I'm, are I'm, huge. I may be slightly shorter than average, but yeah. they, are the, they are the, you know... The tall ones. The tall ones. Uh, yeah, because I remember when we met the first time, I've seen pictures with Otto and Emil, and I was just thinking, like, either those guys are huge and, or he is very short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I saw you, I got a good surprise. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> He's not tiny. He's not tiny, which is nothing against that, you know, guys? But, like, I was just wondering. Mm. What is your favorite film video to film? Either the comedy ones, like we do like Tableton's stereotypes and like Tableton's expectations versus reality. Those like uh, comedy sketch type things, yeah. they're always really fun because you get, get to do a bit of acting. And yes, I love this. Drama and like, and also the public challenges where we challenge like we have new people coming in. And also the challenge episodes. Just choose one. <laughs> we, you need to choose one. I love all of, all of those. Like they're very fun. But, okay, maybe the simple answer is like, when we try something new, I love those the most. Because mm -hmm. mm, if we do the same idea many times, then it gets a bit repetitive and boring for us too. But like if we're doing something completely new, yeah. then it's usually the most exciting ones. And lastly, how many languages do you speak? Fluently, I speak English, Finnish and Swedish. Mm -hmm. So like Finnish and English, I spoke at home because my dad is English and my mom is Finnish. Mm -hmm. And then... Swedish I learned when I lived there for two years and I, I literally only spoke Swedish there. So I really made an effort that I would learn the language there. Mm -hmm. So those three I speak fluently. Then mm, I studied French for eight years at school. So I can, I have a very bad school taught French mm -hmm. that, you know, whoever's studied French at school knows that, you know, doesn't mean much. No, I mean, you can understand a lot. Yeah. Which is really good. Like the basics. Yeah. But like you can't get far with only school school studying yeah and then uh well now i'm studying spanish yes so hopefully You're doing quite good thank you hopefully yes. uh hopefully next summer i'll be able to communicate with your parents yeah that will be great because like for all of you that don't know in spain we had a like dictator until the 75 which makes like all the parents and all the people who's like 50 60 year old it's very difficult that they got the chance to 
like learn English when they were in school yeah. or when they were kids because it was not allowed to speak any other language but mm. Spanish. Yeah. Like actually we could not, not me, of course I was not there, but like they could not even speak Catalan, you know, like they could be killed if they were listen speaking Catalan and all of that. So people who is in their 50s, 60s, they don't speak English in Spain. And then young people speak English, but it's a very rough level because again, yeah. we just started introducing English in school in the 80s, 90s. So it's still a work in progress and it's mm. something that they really need to improve. Yeah. So we need to go abroad to actually learn English yeah. as it did. But yeah. So now I want to deep dive a bit more in the personal stuff, Okay. which is always easy with other guests because I don't know them, but with you, it's a bit challenging because I know right. a lot of things about you. But so you say that you danced and I know that you love dancing, but which style of dancing is your favorite one? I, I don't know much about dancing. I just, you know, I enjoy just dancing and yeah. I, I think... I don't think it's any style. You've seen me dancing at a bar or something. Yeah. I just, you know, do whatever comes to mind. Like, yeah. it's not like I'm dancing a specific thing. I'm just, you know, going wild and but what throwing music? myself around. In... What is your favorite music to dance? I, I maybe have to say reggaeton. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very easy to dance to reggaeton. Who's your favorite artist? Favorite artist? Well, I know, but like... You know? Yes. Can mm. I say it? Yes, you can say it. I think maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's changed. Maybe it has changed. Yeah. But I think your favorite artist is Stromae. Stromae. Yes. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Because yeah. like it has mm, the rap that I really like, and also like uh, electronic that I really like, and it's a combination of French language. So like I really enjoy listening to French music. Mm -hmm. Like he's, uh, I think he's Belgian, but like just listening to the French language. What is something about you that very few people know? I used to be uh, a chef in a restaurant. Yes, you used to be a chef yeah. in a restaurant. Like, That's amazing. Uh, with, I, I don't have any education to cooking. I've just, you know, I, I, I love cooking and I went to a restaurant to work as a waiter and then like they needed someone to work in the kitchen and I, you know, started doing shifts there and then gradually I just only started working in the kitchen. Yeah. And I did that. That that was when I moved back from Sweden to Finland and like I... And still Tomfinity was not a thing. Yeah, we weren't like making any money from it at that stage. So yeah, I had to find a job and I was working in the restaurant. Spoiler, it was not a fun time. No. It was not a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to dive a bit more into dating's life okay had you ever had a weird date something that you say like okay once i was uh, on a date where this girl was very into like spirits and candles and like she was like she's like okay we have to shut this candle because there's bad spirits in the room and i was like <laughs> excuse me how, how, and then I was like, okay, okay, well, let's shut the candle. And they're like, okay, yeah, now this bad spirit's gone. I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't, I, did, I, I wasn't sure. Like, I didn't know this person that well. I mean, like, <laughs> they were saying about bad spirits. And I... Was it a first date? Yeah, yeah, that was the first date. How did you feel after she said that? 
I yeah, I, I was just like, well, I'm, I'm fine. Like, have you <laughs> talked with the spirits? No, I didn't. I didn't talk with the spirits. But... Shame. You should have. Yeah. Like do a wiki or something. Yeah, but but you know, it's a first date. There's so many things going on. If someone like says says something like, "Yeah, turn the candle so the bad spirits are going," like, "Yep, yeah, sure, let's turn the candle away," and then like, <laughs> then like later on, you just go back to that, like, "Yeah, that is a bit weird." <laughs> but like in the moment, I'm <laughs> just like, "Sure, let's do it. Let's uh, ward away the spirits. That's completely normal." <laughs> Like, okay, being 100%, million percent honest, was there anything weird in our first date? No, I think we had a very nice first date. Okay. And we spent, we spent like 10 hours together or something. Uh, no, it was not 10 hours. So at least eight or seven or something like yeah, that. Because we like met, that, yeah. met for coffee yes. during the day and yeah. then you left around 10 or 11 in the evening. So. Yeah. So we had a very long, a long one. Long, and we had coffee yeah. first, then we went for a picnic, and then you came to my place, we had some pizza. Yeah. We watched a film. Yeah. And then I left. Yeah. That's true. It was a horrible film. Very bad film, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't matter. <laughs> it was just a spend time together, honestly. Yeah. I gotta say, I find it weird where you took me for the picnic. Yeah, I took you to the forest. It was just like, <laughs> oh my god, I... Maybe as a as uh, as a go- as a guy, you don't see that as something weird, you know. No. But like, I've never been in the forest, and I was just like, okay, now is when I'm gonna be killed. So I remember that I told you like, FYI, I send my location to my friends because I was generally <laughs> you're paranoid, yeah. Uh, not not paranoid because when you are a girl, you literally okay, have yeah. to be careful with so many so so many things that makes sense and yeah. i didn't know you at all and you were very nice but like i didn't know if you would be a serial killer no you never know so i was just like you know at least they're gonna find my body so i just sent my location to my friends <laughs> but you've made it so far so yeah so far so good yeah here we are yeah so now we are approaching to the last part of the podcast mm-hmm. and as you know there's something that i always ask all my guests okay which is what is your juicy secret? And I'm gonna have a juiceometer here. Juiceometer, that is, okay. That is gonna be measuring the juiciness of that secret. Okay. So, are you ready? Do you have a juicy secret for us? I, I don't know what kind of secrets other other guests have been telling, but I I, I have a story. Mm-hmm. So it's not that much of a secret. Well, nobody knows about it. Well, maybe a few people know about it, but. So, so maybe you can classify as a secret, but it's more of an embarrassing story. Well, it's still it has juice, so okay, yeah. go for it. Yeah, it, it definitely has juice. I, this happened when I was very young, like 13 or 14 or something like that. We were, uh, it was actually uh, me and Emil from Confinity. Like we were playing a tournament in Sweden and next to the hall, there was like this swimming pool with sauna and everything. So after the matches, we went to the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. We're in the sauna. It was like a sort of spa area. Yeah. And mm, I went to the toilet and I was a bit confused at the time because, uh, well, it, well, it was one of those handicapped toilets. So it was a very big one and it had all sorts of like, it had like a, because I was, look, look, I couldn't find anywhere to flush the toilet. No. And, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, I see where you're going. You, you know, it has one of those uh, strings from the roof. Yeah. I was like, okay, I've, it's a I've red seen, string. I, I've, yeah, a red string. 
I've, I was thinking like I've seen one of those before. Like sometimes you you flush the toilet with pulling the thing. Like there is toilets like that, you know. You, you flush the toilet. But no, with the single core red. Super that, yeah, it was. I I should have maybe you know read the signals that it's like a red red, red string coming from the roof. Okay. And uh, I pulled on the string that I thought would flush the toilet. Yeah. And it was definitely something that needed to be flushed. So I pulled number two. Yeah, and I pulled it. And these sirens start going off and like the toilet has like this blinking light and I was like, I started panicking. I was like, what? And then, because I, I was thinking, okay, okay, now I really got to find the thing where to actually flush the toilet, but I couldn't see anywhere. And then I just panicked. I left the toilet and, and I went to the, there was a sauna opposite the toilet. So I just went to the sauna and it had a window and I was just went sitting, sitting in the sauna looking like, Oh God, I hope nobody saw that. And then like a bunch of people came to the handicapped toilet to see if there's like somebody actually... Emergency. Yeah, if there's an emergency. (laughs) And then they just go and like admire what I had been doing in the toilet. But I was just following the whole situation from from the sauna. (laughs) I was just thinking like, oh my God. Like, well, 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 now I know what happens when you pull the string. Yeah, I bet they were thinking just like, oh those kids again just doing pranks yeah. you know being oh my god unintentional prank but yeah I think I'm gonna give you a 6.5 6.5 yes mm-hmm. because it's embarrassing it's very embarrassing it's very embarrassing and it was especially embarrassing when it happened like now I'm, I'm it's, it's over 10 years ago I can you know I've gotten over it yeah and you can explain it to the world I can explain it to the world yeah and I learned from that too yeah yes. you've never pulled the string again yeah that's and like, if I wouldn't have done that, I'd be very curious of what happens if you pull on that red string. Oh my God. You're like a kid sometimes. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. But hey, it's been so nice to have you here. I'm very, yeah. very grateful that you I had gave a great me the time. chance. Yeah. And that you let everyone know a bit more about your career and yeah. about yourself. And, and even you learned something new about me. Yes, I learned a lot of things about yeah. you today. Yeah. Like, year and a half and you still learn so much. Yeah, exactly. So it's amazing. Yeah. But thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Yes. I really enjoyed my first ever podcast experience. I'm happy to hear yeah, that. You're a great host. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to hear that. Thank you so much for being here today and listening this episode of All The Juice Podcast. It is available in all podcast platforms, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And it will mean the world to me if you would subscribe, like, and share All The Juice with your loved ones. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week and we'll see each other again in two weeks.